Well, uh, good morning. Uh, some good news and bad news as well. The death toll seems to be rising by the hour. It's now 4,310 and 8,000 people injured, many of them seriously. The UN estimates that 8 million people have been affected in 39 districts of Nepal by, by the earthquake and 1, and 1 million children need help urgently. The good news we just got now is that the Indian ambassador in Nepal, Mr. Ranjit Ray, told me that Indian military expedition teams and rescuers have reached the epicenter of the earthquake which happened on Saturday. Uh, it's in the case of Gorkha and that rescue operations are on. Economists estimate that 5 billion damage have occurred, which is a fourth of Nepal's uh, gross domestic product, and it will take perhaps decades for Nepal to recover from this catastrophic event. Rana, India, uh, as the neighbor to Nepal, uh, seems to be at the forefront of the countries that are giving aid. But are there any other countries responding in terms of aid right now? You're absolutely right. India is at the forefront and spearheading one of the biggest evacuation, rescue and relief measures with 13 aircraft and drones now being pressed in and helicopters are being uh, sent there. And you're right that other countries are now slowly trickling in with their help and the Turkish team, which has rescued some people. Others are also international community uh, members are coming in. There's another very good uh, sign of... Uh, Bonham is that donation centers have sprung up across India. And from what we know, the tens of thousands of people are handing over cash, clothes, food, medicines, torches, the batteries for those in Nepal and state governments are now, which is which borders Nepal, are racing to clear the landslides, sending buses to bring out thousands of people who are stranded without food and water since Saturday. And that was our correspondent in India, Rana Sen. Meanwhile, it is understood that the Nepal earthquake was a disaster that scientists knew was coming. And to tell us more about this, we joined on the line by seismologist and professor at the University of Pretoria, Professor Andre Kaiko. Uh, professor, good morning and thanks for speaking to us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Now, Professor, about 50 earthquake specialists met in Kathmandu last week and they were meeting to discuss this very eventuality. But uh, did it happen sooner than they expected? Well, it's difficult to say sooner or later. We are not in position to predict earthquakes. What we know that this is uh, one of the most uh, hazardous, uh, sociologically speaking, regions of the Earth. So they're pretty often earthquakes, similar magnitudes. So the, we know, for instance, that the almost exactly same, even a slightly stronger earthquake it took place 80 years ago in 1934, and it was uh, 11,000 killed uh, people was there. The so famous Nepal Bihar earthquake. So Katadin shot. It's a very dangerous area. Point is that it was never so dramatic uh, earthquake because they usually took place uh, significantly uh, far away from Kathmandu, uh, roughly 250 kilometers. This happened only 70, 77 kilometers from Kathmandu. This is the reason why it was felt so strongly. But uh, seeing that, you know, there was knowledge that Nepal is vulnerable to earthquakes, was there anything that could have been done uh, to avoid the scale of disaster that we are seeing? Well, we cannot stop earthquakes. 
that we cannot uh, we cannot in position to predict earthquakes. How to uh, that's uh, it is not earthquakes are killing people. There are structure buildings collapsing the killing. So what can be done in in in, in future? Well, to comply with some building codes. The most of the of the structures, unfortunately, the Nepal is very poor country, and the quality of the buildings is is, is pretty poor. And also the, the old structures, there is very little you can do about them. But the, if you are, if we are, if we are, if, would, if you could build the new structures, new buildings, uh, for, uh, complying with the special building code design for seismic active area, probably we would avoid such a disaster. And uh, just finally, Professor, we often experience tremors here in South Africa. Does it mean that we are likely to experience an earthquake one day? Well, we are lucky in South Africa. Uh, we have a, actually it is it is it is more complex picture. But again, I'm, we are lucky. We don't expect a very strong earthquakes in this country. Occasionally, yes, we have. For instance, the most uh, known earthquake, the strongest earthquake in modern history. Uh, it took place in uh, 1969 in, in Syria, in, in, in um, about 100 kilometers from Cape Town, uh, magnitude 6.3. It, 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 it was quite, quite significant, earthquake. Uh, but probably uh, it's a cap- they happen every, uh, happened every 100, every 200 years of such a, such a, uh, such a strong earthquake. But really, uh, last couple of days, uh, a couple of days ago, we experienced in Johannesburg, we have another seismicity, which is very characteristic to South Africa. It's a mining-related seismicity. They are not very strong earthquakes like in, in Kathmandu, but they can cause uh, significant damage. Uh, last year we have a magnitude 5.5 in Orkney, which caused a significant damage. So we have a seismicity caused by mining.